on. Yeah, but I, he clips. We need a clip on. Okay, I'm we have, we have, we have a clip. Yeah. We have a clip. I'm oh, so which one is it? The one, the one. Collar, collar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which one? one? You take, take out first, uh. Not pastors, man. That's not one general one. one. That's one okay, general okay. one. Yeah. So the ear one, pastor keeps. It's not working. Oh, okay, it's working. The light uh, here are uh, very glaring. Uh. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> very good. Oh, no, uh, when you do the sermon, it will change. Uh, it, will, it will be off. Uh. Yeah, it will change. Ah, I can, that means I can still see the... But uh, everything will on. During the worship, it will be dim. Then you can see. But, when but during the sermon, it will be hard. But these three lights can be off or not? It will be yeah, off. Yeah, it will be off. It will be off. Yeah. Ah, then I can off. see... Yeah. But it's still very blur. I can see, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. very good. It's very good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or Jin. Jin. Can press the sermon light. Just, you know the... The background. Just uh, press sermon. This is sermon. Uh, still got one. Okay. Still got one, uh. Because, you because if not, you cannot see you. You'll be very... Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> cannot, uh, <laughs> no worry, no worry. Ah, this is very good. Okay, yeah, that one. Yeah, very good. Because if not, you'll be... <laughs> Shadow. <laughs> but better than all. La. Do I switch on? Do you prefer to switch it on for audio then? During the absolution, I will switch on, then I'll leave it on. But you have control. Otherwise, when I breathe, you also can hear. Turn to on, like that. It's on. On. The battery is on. The battery is on. It's on, right? Oh, off, off, off. Are you on now? On now? Let's try. Yeah. Okay. Blue, uh, green is green on. Is on. So I better switch off. To to. Not on yet. Not on yet. Okay. No, I switch off first, lah. Yeah, first. We test. We test. Off, lah. Ah, you click onto your uh belt or your your pants. Pocket. On belt or your got belt. You can put behind. No, because I got a rope. Oh, you got a rope. Okay. Okay. I can put. Don't worry. I put in my pocket. Pocket. Afterwards, I do. I I put onto my rope first. Yeah. So we let her know. Okay. Okay. You want to try now? Okay, okay. I think it's uh, working very well. Okay, we try the clip mic. Uh. It's yeah. on already. The clip mic is on. Clip mic is on, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we, try, we try the clip. Test. Can I? Samo, samo, samo. Like that. Oh. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside, he leads me to green, makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters okay. and restores yeah. my soul. He leads me to the path of righteousness for can, his name's sake. That's what he always does, right?
I'll start to introduce Reverend Peter to all of, all of you. Um, Reverend Peter, I don't know him personally, but I know him through the books that he has written. In fact, um, he was called um, to do Christian education and pastoral care. So when I came down from TTC, one of the tasks I need to do was baptism and confirmation class. So it was his thick textbook that I actually uh, used to teach our young people, um, our second generation, about the fundamentals of our faith. And it's very systematically wrote and with a passion. So even right now, sometimes when I talk to the young people, I say, refer to that book that you had that we did, Baptism and Confirmation. Um, Remember, Peter also came to minister to our cell group, our care group leader in one of our meetings, training us in pastoral matters and leadership. And also, he has made available several of his material to our care group, and I understand some of our care group are actually using them. So when I checked with him just now, Reverend Peter said, hey, mention my wife. So sitting right behind is Auntie Ross. Auntie Ross, where are you? Ah, hey, you shifted, huh? Auntie Roslyn. Yeah. So Auntie Roslyn, in fact, Reverend Peter said to acknowledge her because the writer of all this devotion, most of the material was actually from her hand. So we see a husband and wife together in partnership. This morning before he is uh, preaching to us, I felt led to pray for him and his wife as a couple because I think as a church, we want to be thankful for them. Even though they are in retirement, they are ever ready to go to any church to give help, to give advice, to give pastoral care. So I think that was very generous for a retired clergyman and wife. So can we stretch our hand uh, to the clergy, uh, Reverend Peter, as well as Auntie Ross, those standing around her, can you stretch hand? Let's pray a blessing over this couple who has faithfully served the Lord and is called to continue to serve his people to their very last breath. Come, let us pray. Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for calling Reverend Peter and his wife into ministry. And Lord, when you call, it is not a moment of rush, but you saw in him and his wife the capability, the devotion, and also their carefulness. And that week after week, month after month, year after year, they begin to script down all that you have taught them. And through this systematic teaching, we are able to bless younger generation, care group leaders, and many different leaders across the diocese of Singapore. Thank you for their selfless giving, even to this point as they enter into retirement, knowing that, Lord, you still have a calling for them. We pray that, Lord, you continue to bless them with wisdom and word, as well as timely instruction, so that every generation will not stray away from your word, but will be given a relevant and fresh revelation of what your word has for our season, for our time and our generation. Bless them in their health and help them in their daily coming in and going out. Watch over them and continue, Lord, to connect them with churches, with people, with leaders, with spouse, so that in their life, as they begin to speak more about you, many will be drawn. We as a church, Church of the Good Shepherd, has seen and has received many of such shepherds. We thank you for him and his generation and ask that, Lord, you continue to guard them and watch over them. In your son's most precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. thank you, Pastor Agnes, for your kind introduction and prayer. 
I just want to uh, acknowledge my wife. Actually, I cannot claim credit for her work. All the baptism materials and devotionals are written by her. And I know many people have been blessed. I also have been much blessed because I use that material also uh, to prepare my sermons and, and teaching courses. So God has blessed us to be a blessing to others. Praise be to God. So a very good afternoon to all of you. How are you doing? Long time no see, yeah? yeah I, the last time I was here was 2018, I think. Yeah, 2018 for, for a few months. Yeah, so it's so good to uh, see, see you, to come back again. And I want to thank uh, Pastor Jonathan uh, for inviting me. It is really a, a privilege to share God's word with you, uh, with his people, so to speak. Yeah, uh, the Lord be with you. Yeah, I can. It's good to know that you are still Anglican. <laughs> the other thing is that I notice good Anglican always like to sit behind. You know, leaving empty pews and seats in front. These are the precious seats. You, you want to be ushered and as the gospel uh, tells us to be asked to come in front. But I know it is a stark reminder for all of us to bring our friends to fill the pews. You know, as I walk into this church, this is the first time we're here after the new building was completed. You know, I, I, yesterday I was at the third floor, yeah, and this, this morning I'm here. I sense that God is doing something great, something new, you know, in this church, through this community, obviously. And then as I look at the space, the, the brightness of, of the sanctuary, uh, the sense of refreshing touch, you know, of God's presence, I think God is God wants to do something great. But God has to do through all of us. This means that you have a lot of work to do. <laughs> and I hope that the sermon, uh, the message this morning will contribute to doing the kind of work that all of us need to do yeah, in order to uh, give glory to God, bring people to the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you know, recently I met a friend just to uh, catch up and he offered to uh, come to my place to, to fetch me. And I was surprised when he uh, arrived in a new BMW. <laughs> and I, 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 I just briefly remarked that uh, he, he must be doing very well uh, to drive such a luxurious uh, car. And he replied that in his profession as a a property agent. It is important uh, for him uh, to maintain an image of success yeah, in order to impress his clients. You see, in our world today, projecting an image of success can certainly uh, bring uh, several advantages. Yeah? For example, social recognition and respect, uh, career opportunities, financial gain, and uh, influence, yes? So, humility is not a, a virtue most people would aspire to have. Now, self-promotion, on the other hand, is seen as important and essential if we want to influence others and be taken uh, seriously, Yes? So, why be, be humble? Why, why the need to be, why bother to be humble? 
Well, let's listen to some of the great men. It's not working. Is it working? <laughs> ah, okay, it's working. Yeah. John Rusting, an English uh, writer, a philosopher, art critic, and indeed, a multi-talented and gifted intellectual of the 19th centuries, who also came from a rich family, said, the first test of a truly great man is his humility. His humility. Yeah? Abraham Lincoln, the 16th, century, 16th president of the United States in 1861, was often praised for his humility, despite holding the highest office in the country. He was known for his approachability, readiness to listen to others, and willingness to admit uh, mistakes. Now, we in Singapore are, in Singapore are also very blessed. Yeah? Uh, our Our not working. Uh. Yeah. Our newly elected president Taman is also known for his humility. His financial expertise and capability are inter internationally recognized, but he never bragged about it. Those who know him and have worked with him describe him as unassuming, approachable, always coming alongside his constituents and ready to help them. Let us look at the Apostle Paul. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul exhorted the church in Philippi to conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then immediately, in the following chapter, chapter 2, verse 1 to 13, which was read for us a while ago, Paul challenged the Philippians to be like Christ, to be like Christ. In what way? In humility. We will look at it. Yeah? We are called to be like Christ, like Jesus, in the way we think, in the way we behave, in the way we relate to others in what we say and do. Now, to be like Jesus is more than just doing the right thing for people to see. It is to have the mind, the heart, and the attitude of Christ. So, what does it mean for us to be humble like Christ in our daily interactions? What is humility and what is not in the first place? Well, humility is not self-depreciation, constantly putting ourselves down or denying our capabilities and achievements. No. It is also not false modesty, pretending to be humble with the aim to manipulate people. Charles Spurgeon, a prominent English preacher, pastor and author in the 19th century said, 
True humility is not about diminishing oneself. It is about having an accurate understanding of ourselves as seen through God's eyes without, an, without either an overinflated or a devalued sense of selves. So what is true humility? Well, true humility is a conscious choice. It is, it is a deliberate effort to put God and others before self. A humble person is not self-focused. He does not brag about his abilities. A, self, a humble person is not concerned about how he should be treated because of his status. Instead, he is concerned with the interests of others, the, the feelings and well-beings of others. A humble person avoids comparing himself with others. He keeps an open mind and listens carefully to the differing views of other people. And a humble person will admit when he or she is wrong. Yes? And I like what... Uh, I, I like what C.S. Lewis said uh, about humility. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Let me repeat. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So what does it mean for you and me to be like Christ? In humility. Today I want to expound three essential qualities of humility from the Philippians passage. Quality number one. Consider others more significant than yourself. Consider others more significant than yourselves. Paul exhorted the early believers in chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, he said, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. So first, to be humble is to consider others more significant than ourselves. Or in the NIV translation, to consider others better than ourselves. Now, what holds us back from being humble? What stops you from being humble? Yes? Well, Paul said, selfish, Paul said, selfish ambition and vain conceit. Paul is here challenging us to confront our selfishness, our, our pride, and our desire to want to outshine others. Selfish ambition is an insatiable desire to seek personal glory. A pursuit for position, power, recognition, personal gain. 
with no regards for the interests of others. Vain conceit is excessively proud of ourselves. We see ourselves as more important and better than others. We see ourselves as more superior to others in terms of who we are and what we possess. You know, some of us may even see ourselves as God's special gifts to the church. In contrast, Paul encourages us to consider others as more significant or better than ourselves. In other words, to see the good in others, to respect others regardless of their social status or their lack of material possessions or academic achievements or qualifications. This is a radical call to selflessness and agape love for others. Now, let me give you an, an example to illustrate what it means to exercise humility instead of being driven by selfish ambition and vain conceit in your workplace, for example. Now, if you seek promotion by bragging about your contribution or undermining your colleagues' effort or taking credit for their ideas to advance your own career. That is selfish ambition. In contrast, to consider others better than yourselves means to encourage and support your colleagues, to see their potential, to acknowledge their contributions and working together as a team. It is basically to allow others to shine, to succeed, and even to get ahead of you because they are good. In essence, humility is to respect others, to see the good and the potential in others, to consider their interests. It is to value others as our equal or better than ourselves. Now, this brings us to the next quality. To be humble like Christ requires us to come down. To come down to the level of those below us, be it in age, in social status, in academic levels, etc. So, quality number two. Bring yourself down to relate to others. Now, the Apostle Paul points us to the example of Christ as the ultimate model of humility. In verses 6 to 8, Paul describes how Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. To fulfill God's salvation plan, that sinful man and woman like you and I 
will be forgiven of our sins and have eternal life. What did Christ do? Christ humbled himself. He came as man to be with us. He sacrificed his life for us. What a powerful demonstration of humility and self-sacrifice for the sake of others. Now, humility is not just a a nice, uh, admirable quality. It is an outstanding virtue that Jesus himself embodied and encouraged us to emulate. What did Jesus talk about humility? Well, teach us about humility. Jesus' humility highlights two cardinal principles for our conduct and relationship with others. Number one, a downward mobility in our relationship with people. Number two, in relating to people at their level with empathy. First, Jesus' life is a living testimony of downward mobility. He is a somebody who came down to be with the nobodies, even to the extent of sacrificing himself for their sake. Now just imagine, Jesus, the Son of God, willingly descended to our level, reaching out to us who are unworthy and undeserving of his love. Now when Jesus was on earth, he did not confine himself to the company of the esteem or the elite. He embraced all people, the sick, the poor, the marginalized, the social outcasts. Indeed, he is known as the friend of sinners. So my dear friends, we are called to follow this example, to humble ourselves and to treat everyone regardless of his or her status and accomplishment, with love and respect. Secondly, Jesus relates to people at their level with empathy. For example, in the story of the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, Jesus engaged in a conversation with a Samaritan woman at the well, even even though Samaritans were despised by Jews. Now, Jesus, breaking cultural and social barriers, treated the Samaritan woman with respect and compassion. And by this act of humility, not only the woman, but the whole village came to faith in God. Now, another example All of us know the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, in Luke chapter 19. Now, fellow Jews would not associate with someone like Zacchaeus, who was deemed as corrupt and dishonest, a thief and a traitor, working for the Roman officials. But when Jesus passed by Zacchaeus, he called Zacchaeus by name and said to him that he would like to sit down to have a meal with him in his house. Again, just imagine Jesus, the man of God, who were highly regarded by the multitude, wanted to have a meal 
with a dishonest and corrupt social reject. That is amazing, is it not? And we know the results of Jesus' act of kindness and humility. Zacchaeus was deeply touched. And he repented of his wrongdoing and made restitution to those whom he had cheated. So, my friends, likewise, for us to be effective witnesses, we need to build trusting relationship. We need to understand the experience. We need to feel, understand the experience, the struggles, the aspiration of those we are reaching out to. We need to help and empower them to make godly and positive life choices and decisions. Now, to do that, we must have a heart of humility and compassion, like our Lord Jesus. Here, I want to encourage you to intentionally give time and attention to those who are deemed below you. Those who are poor, disabled, handicapped, sick, those who are struggling with life issues. Spend time with them. Sit down to share a, a meal, a cup of coffee with them. Listen to what they say. You know, value their perspective. And don't be too quick to judge or give solutions. Treat them as equal, worthy of respect and dignity. Now, there is one group of people I'm particularly concerned about, the young people. The youth, the young adult, they are the future of the church in the kingdom of God. We need to invest time and make special effort to minister to them, especially those who are at risk, struggling with mental health issues. Now meet them where they are, listen to them, walk with them in their struggles or pain, and mentor them in their life's journey. Nurture them, help them to discover and develop their potential, talents, and giftedness. Would you do that? Finally, humility also requires us to be ready to make sacrifices so that others may know God. So quality number three, give of yourself sacrificially to serve God's purpose. Now we are told in verse 8, and being found in Christ in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Now Jesus went beyond merely taking human form. He humbled himself in obedience he humbled himself in obedience to his Father's will, even in the face of suffering and death. You see, the ultimate expression of Jesus' humility is also the sacrificial giving of himself. This act of sacrifice and total obedience exemplifies not only his humility, but also the depth of his love for us the unworthy sinners. Now the phrase, even unto death, oh, 
even death on a cross, even death on the cross, is a powerful reminder of the extent to which Jesus was willing to suffer for our sake. My dear friends, the Christian faith is a giving faith. Giving of oneself to love God and others and to serve God's purpose. But before we are ready to sacrifice our lives for others, we should start by making small daily sacrifices for those people around us, our loved ones, our friends, neighbors, even strangers. For, for example, just a suggestion, a humble suggestion. Husband, you may want to sacrifice watching football yeah? and spend more time listening to your kids and wife. Another, exam, another sacrifice all of us can make is to switch off your mobile phone and give, full, give our full attention to our spouse, our parents and our children. You know, handphone is banned at the dining table at my, in my home and elsewhere. I learned this from my dear wife. So it can be done, right? It can be done. Now, when you, see, when you see your friend or colleague struggling with work or life issues, do you offer yourself to help him solve his problem? And when you detect a despair look in his face, do you care to ask if he needs any help? And would you offer him a helping hand, even if it means inconveniencing yourself? Think about it. But my dear friends, we need to honestly ask ourselves uh, these questions. How much how much am I willing to give of myself for the sake of others in order to fulfill God's purpose for their lives, in their lives? How much are you willing to contribute to invest in people's lives? Let me summarize and conclude. Next slide. As followers of Christ, we are called to imitate his humility, his obedience, and his love and self-giving sacrifice. So just as Jesus humbled himself and sacrificed himself to do his Father's will, we too, we too must humble ourselves and be ready to put aside our own desire, our own interests, in order to do God's will. And to, <clears throat> to follow the example of Christ in humility, we need to embrace three critical qualities. First, be gracious and magnanimous. Always consider others better than ourselves, seeing their potentials and putting their interests before our own. And second, bring ourselves down to the level of the least and the last, to those who we see below us, 
enter their world and relate to them with love and compassion. And third, be ready to make sacrifices, willing to give of ourselves our time, energy, attention, and money, and even our life to serve God's purpose. Now remember this, we are called to reflect Christ's light humility. Not just humility, Christ's light humility. And to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Of course, it is not easy. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to transform our heart, our mind, and our actions. Now, Paul ends his exhortation with a challenge for us in verse 12. To work out our salvation with fear and trembling. He is here not saying that we need to work for our salvation or to earn our salvation through uh, doing good works. No. He is urging us to live out our salvation, to live out a life that is saved by God and be transformed by the Holy Spirit out of reverence and awe towards God. Paul also encourages us in verse 13 that it is God who works in us to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, my dear friends, we are promised, we are assured of God's grace and power in our everyday life. God will enable and empower us to live in humility and obedience with empathy and compassion. So, may the example of Christ's humility inspire each one of us to live a life that glorifies uh, our, our, our Lord and, and uh, uh, reflect the gospel we hold dear. Amen.